Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, uh, this is me, Chris McGlade. Tickets are on sale for my critically acclaimed show, Forgiveness, at the iconic 100 Club on Oxford Street in London. How can you write a comedy show about the murder of your father? Well, Chris McGlade, the northern comedian, has with his critically acclaimed show, Forgiveness, at the 100 Club on Oxford Street, October the 12th. Tickets at billetto.co.uk or at the 100 Club. Chris McGlade, Forgiveness. Come down and see the show. Thanks very much. From the people who turned a niche Scottish football podcast into a critically acclaimed TV show on the BBC, it's Review from the Terrace, a pop culture podcast network. Hello and welcome to the Still Game podcast. My name is Bethany Tennick. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Rewatchable. Hello and welcome to Review from the Turnbuckle. Debating the best in movies, iconic TV shows, classic albums, peak era wrestling and so much more. Some intern got fired for that, like, <laughs> like Jared! And what would you have done? <laughs> Loved it. What a moment. What a moment. Review from the Terrace brings together a collection of professionals, pals, misfits and special guest interviews. The one and only Ewan Angus. Big G Telfer. Director of Still Games, Michael Hines. That's Review from the Terrace, a newly created podcast network with at least two shows dropping every week. Hi, neighbour. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. It's been a long time, man. <laughs> Many people will say it's the biggest moment in the history of rest. It's about 35. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Um, welcome to Sidekick Josh Landy. Boy, tremendous to be here. A tremendous. big celebratory podcast. Not only because we beat Spurs, but because Jeff is back after a much, mm. much too long absence from his podcast in what looks like a lovely kitchen behind him. Yeah, Jeff Arsenal is here. Where are you, Jeff? I'm, I'm in the kitchen, funny enough, yeah. But, you know, I'm, try, I'm trying to work out how I can get my um, the sound to come out of my headphones rather than just the... Uh, oh, don't worry about that. We can hear you. Okay. Right. You can hear us. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Good. Thank God. Good to see you. You can see the lavish uh, kitchen that Jeff uh, uses while um, while uh, Josh is in his Soho House special office. Um, good to have you with us. I mean, I don't know where to begin with the sheer joy and delirium I'm feeling in the, the uh, morning after the day before of the uh, Arsenal Spurs triumph. There's so many brilliant things about it. Um, Emil Smith wrote called it the best day of his life. Uh, for me, the dream trio of, uh, of goal scorers were there <coughs> scoring the goals. Um, the post-match interviews that were interrupted by the crowds staying there for the whole thing and kind of chanting at Alba, et cetera. Um, Alba in his car. Did you see the footage of Alba in his car with all the fans mobbing him? Um, Harry Kane falling over, his double involvement in the second goal as well. Um, just everything. So much to celebrate. But, I mean, I wasn't there. I have to come clean. Gutted, but I wasn't there. I was hosting an event with Richard Gervais in town, and there we finished, and um, I came out, trotted up the stairs at the Picturehouse Central to see the news that we were three and a lap at half time. Um, but, of course, you were there, Josh, and the atmosphere looked, sounded and looked special from when I watched the whole thing back on Sky. It looked yeah. amazing. Well, I was apprehensive about how much I should big it up knowing that you weren't there and the number of games that you have been there for over the last 15 years at the Emirates that certainly weren't like yesterday. So I don't want to rub it in because I'm sure Ricky Gervais was unbelievable company. And of all these events you do, I imagine yesterday was the best you've ever done. But yeah, we are talking Arsenal Barcelona levels of enjoyment and atmosphere yesterday. You know, I, it, it, when when we look back on the 15 years of the Emirates, I don't know what Jeff thinks, but I will remember yesterday in, in the top few for sure. And maybe when we look back at the end of a season, we'll think it didn't count for a huge amount. And it was just a North London derby victory. And it didn't build on to, you know, winning anything. But it felt brilliant and atmosphere-wise, there was singing throughout, whether it was a lower tier, the upper tier, even your friends in club level, boys, were were noisy yesterday. The atmosphere was was brilliant, and we couldn't have asked for any more. And uh, and now it was just fascinating to see, you know, what goes on. We were sat here on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I was arguing that I thought Arsenal to finish in the top ten was an absolute must must bet, right? At like one to yeah, two, yeah. And Trevor Harris and you know, possibly a few others were telling me that that was not a safe investment. And suddenly we're kind of, uh, as I looked at the betting this morning, I think we're almost sort of favorites to come fifth on, on where the betting is at the moment, fifth, sixth. So, you know, the, the transformation in the last few weeks is incredible. And, uh, and I'm, you know, like every other Arsenal fan today, feeling hugely positive. Jeff, what did you make of it? Yeah, you know what? It, like Josh said, I mean, I remember the Barcelona game. That that was awesome, and it could it could be one of our finest moments at the Emirates uh, since we've been there. Um, we had we, obviously there was a hell of a lot of pressure. We, we had a terrible start to the season, didn't we? Uh, which, in hindsight, now we we maybe jumped the gun a little bit because we did have those two difficult games. Uh, that, that didn't help, and and we went to Brentford, and I mean, a, a, a tough, that was a tough game just because of the, 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 the it was their first game. You've never been through this before in, in your previous pods, but um, so that was always going to be a tricky, tricky game. That one we got beaten that one badly, 
and in the other two games, I think we would have most probably accepted that we would struggle in those two games too. You've got the European champions and the and, and the champions of the Premier League. Um, so we, we was always going to struggle in those games, but then it still hurt very badly, didn't it, the way we, we was defeated. But the, the, the match yesterday, because of so much pressure, because of who we were playing, it was a must-win game. And you know what I liked about it? That the players, they looked like they got it. They looked like they understood what it was like to be in a, in a North London derby. I reckon that Mikel, obviously, he's, he's an Arsenal man. He's been there a long time, played in North London derbies. Um, and those kids from Hal End, all that little squad of kids that we've got, they had uh, told the new boys that have come in, listen, this is, this is the game. Whatever happens, you've got to win this game. And um, I think even when they went out, the way they played, the way they started, the aggressive, <clears throat> um, quick passing, you know, none of that laborious stuff where we was passing. Yeah, the pace, was, side, the pace was, was much quicker than it has been for a long time, wasn't yeah, it? Exactly. So I reckon the Highland boys, and they, they knew what it was, so the players have got it. And I also now think where they've had that couple of three, three weeks um, constantly on the training pitch, no uh, distractions really with regard to, you know, we're playing away um, in, in Europe and a game on the Saturday or the Sunday and, and we're travelling out on the Monday or the Tuesday, etc., etc. Maybe those players, they now understand what, what, what he wants, Mikel, because, you know, up to, up to two, two weeks ago, I, w- I was still struggling with it. I, I don't mm. know about you, Boyd. Oh, I, same, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like... I agree with all of that. It's interesting, isn't it? Because he had this is a, he had a fully fit squad. Like this must be the first time Arsenal have had a fully fit squad for literally years. You know, I mean, and including um, a lot of the players that that we brought over the summer in the transfer window, who are already you know who are already showing that they're they're good, aren't they? Josh, go on. Well, Boyd, at the end of the game, we had all six. All of them, yeah. All yeah. six were on, were on the pitch. Yeah. I, I presume that has never happened yeah. in an Arsenal game before where you've had six new players from one previous season coming in and, and playing a part in the game. That, that transformation is extraordinary. Yeah. Like, totally, yeah. totally so to extraordinary. Give, yeah. So to give Arteta... The, 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 you know, to be fair to him, the fact that, you know, I think me, I and a lot of other people, Jeff sounds like you a bit and a lot of other people who've had on the podcast have doubted him and his, just because he's just because this is his first job, you know, I think, I think, you know, I think it's only logical to, and, 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 you know, some of the performances we've had have been absolutely diabolical. And this is the first, that first half was, it was kind of everything that we haven't been, isn't it? For, for you know, for a long, long time, as you said, the pace, the counter-attacking, the, the precision of the passing, the speed, just running with the ball. You know, just to see three or four players running with the ball at Spurs. I, we just, I just haven't seen that for so, for so long. We just you tippy-tapping around, you know, in the horseshoe at the base of the, of the formation. And it's just so, it was just a transformation for me. And Even the, um, even the positional play. Yeah. They seem, to, they seem to know what they're doing now. They've got the, yeah, the setup exactly yeah. where they need to be and how they're, they're, they're pulling... Uh, Tottenham players out away from position so other players can go in there. Right, I mean, right. but I must, there's a caveat there because I, I think Tottenham was so, so poor yesterday. They were so terrible. Yeah. But 
we are not going to experience that from other teams. Other teams that are, right. you know, uh, are going to come and just sit with two banks of four, um, and and they're going to know their positions, know what to do. Whereas yeah. Tottenham, they yeah. were so so poor. Yeah, it was like, can we play Spurs every week? You know, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah they, you know, they they do struggle at the Emirates, don't they? Over the yeah. few years, yeah. they, they do struggle at the Emirates. Yeah, Josh made that point when we predicted, when we made our predictions. Like, what was your prediction, Josh? Did you get it right? I think, did, did you? I'm sure you said something like 3 0 or 3 1. Uh, I do need to, I'll double check in it. Yeah. I definitely predicted a win. And I uh, I can't remember quite if it was two or three, but yeah, it was, I think, 2010 or 11, wasn't it? That, that Tottenham had last won at the Emirates when Arsenal had actually been 2 0 up. And that was slowly going through my mind when we when we took that 2 0 lead that they came back in the second half that year and, and won 3 2. But to be honest, um, it, you know. It, well, when Tottenham got one, you just had a slight moment of, of like some pretty nasty memories of like that four-four, yeah. and 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 look, they they had a couple of opportunities. There's obviously a question mark about the, the challenge from White on on um, on Kane. Yeah, Ramsdale did incredibly to tip that one onto the bar right at the end. So, you know, we probably made it slightly harder work than we we could have done. But we had we'll yeah, take- we had luck. We had the luck. But I think you know, it balances out because that. Like that penalty decision, which I was amazed that wasn't given um, on Kane, as you say. Um, and there were a couple of other moments, dodgy moments. But, you know, we've had the worst luck. I think Arteta's had terrible, terrible luck. You know, it's we, have, we have these decisions going against us all the time. We've got very, very similar decisions going against us. So I, I'm not too worried about that. Let's go back to, let's go back to you know, 3.30 yesterday, Jeff. And when the team was announced, Xhaka... Straight back in, as I think we all predicted. What was your What was your honest feeling? I like I I was too busy. I saw the team news flash up on my phone, and I was too busy to kind of tweet about it or anything. But I missed your video. It was fucking hell. I can't believe he's he's done that. You know, but yeah. totally justified. Xhaka was Xhaka was like immense, and that he can do that. What do you feel about him? I'm like, I, I get I'm in two minds. I'm like, yeah, he's, he does that against Spurs in this key game and he's brilliant. But I think we, all, we could always predict that he'd be brilliant in this game. Is he going to be, does this mean that in three weeks time, you know, he's not going to get rush, two rush bookings against whoever, you know, and be sent off or whatever against Manu? I don't know. I, I, yeah. I still have mixed, very mixed feelings about him. I just, you know what? I, 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 I'm a, Big critique of, of Chaka, you, you might have seen, uh, or you, uh, I mean, I've said it before, because um, the, the way, the way, the way he plays, um, and, it, and I've, I've always said that he's he's thirty seconds away from a disaster. Yeah, you know, and in the big games like Tottenham and, and the big games, it's happened before, right? That was that was uh, part of the the, the Chaka thing that I didn't like. Having said that. The last six months, the Chak has been playing at this football club. Right, he's been maybe he'd maybe up there in the top one or two or three uh, for performance. Uh, but we do always worry, like the, he got sent off the other week, um, that he has little flashpoints. And I was I was I was terrified watching the game yesterday. The same thing's going to happen again because it's, mm. it's such a tense match. But. Uh, when the team, I did predict he was going to play because I thought I thought Arteta would maybe go, you know, a little bit safe. He is very safe with regard to you know uh, positions and stuff like that, and he'll keep the ball nice and tidy. Um, yeah. But his game as well now seems he seems to have adjusted his game a little bit more. He's got a little bit more freedom, okay. And I I just think he, you know, 
he's, he's really done well under Arteta since he's been there so the, with the role he plays. He mm. does keep the ball really well. He's, he, all right, he's not the quickest across, across the grass, but, um, you know, he's very disciplined. Uh, I just wish he could tackle better because then he'd be a, be a much better player. But mm. I, was, I was all for it, really. Because yeah. you know, I was still, I was still a little bit concerned on on how I'm looking at the Tottenham of maybe a couple of years ago. Still, the swashbuckling style that they, they had, and I was a little bit uh, weary of it, a little bit scared of it. Uh, so I thought we'd be, we may be doing a lot more defending than we were attacking. Maybe the Arsenal players expected that as well, so they were so up for it. Josh, yeah. well, I, I think. Two things had happened. There was an overreaction to Arsenal's first three games and there was an overreaction equally to Spurs' first three games because they weren't brilliantly convincing. Apart from Man City, they beat on the opening day and were were great. The next couple of wins they got, you know, they sneaked one nils, but they weren't um, as impressive as, as sort of, you know, the, the league table would have suggested. And it is hilarious that they were top and we were bottom three games ago. And we have sneaked above them on, on goal difference, obviously, by um, by getting the victory by two goals yesterday. So, yeah. speaking to a lot of Spurs fans, they, they haven't been like wildly happy this season and weren't confident at all going into yesterday from everyone that I was speaking to. And there aren't that many, um, you know, players that they're you know hugely enamoured with at the moment. And it's very hard not to look at the situation with Harry Kane and think that in some way that the whole cloud has not has not really lifted, you know, from from the from the club. And I don't know, like if, if we had our absolute star player, let's say Saka had been clearly looking for a move, you're not gonna get the whole fan base back on on side immediately. And and even right at the at the end yesterday, I mean the obviously the Spurs end was Empty, empty by like 80 minutes. I mean, people were genuinely left at at 40 minutes and didn't didn't come back for the second half. So the sight of Harry Kane clapping, you know, from about 30, 40 yards, he didn't want to go close. None of them did. None of these Spurs players went anywhere near their fans effectively. So the maybe 100, 200 Spurs fans left was hilarious and, and showed a, you know, an issue between, I think, supporters and, and their players at the moment that couldn't have felt more opposite. I don't know what you felt, Jeff. I don't think I've seen as many fans stay for five, ten minutes after the whistle yesterday as Arsenal fans did. No one moved. It, it was just this this wonderful feeling of a, applause and people wanting to soak it up. And then walking out the stadium, I was meeting a friend at the Tony Adams statue and there were flares going off and people dancing and partying it. It was it, it was really special, really special. We should we should soak it in before the risk of Arsenal going to Brighton on Saturday and, and making us feel in a different direction. Well, that, well, that's what we can that's what we can do at, at the Emirates, and we need to make the Emirates a fortress. And you saw those players yesterday. That ho- hopefully they'll 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 see that and they'll soak it up and realise this is what we need to do every single week. It's okay yeah. doing it against the Tottenham's, yeah. right? We need to do it against the the, the, thing, the, yeah. the the other teams, the smaller teams, as well as the, the you know the teams that we can get. You don't need to get up for Tottenham Hotspur if you're a footballer at Arsenal Football Club, you know, because it's just there. You should know already, right? But it's the other, the other games that you need to get up for. And that is what we can – and you see it all came together. 
It all came together. That first 45 minutes, if we could, you know, compete like we did and carry on as we are, we're not a mid-table team anymore. You know, we will be up there. I'm not saying we're going to go on and win the league or stuff like that. It's still, you know, because our squad depth... You know, apart from those, the ones that was on the pitch and maybe a couple, couple of others, our squad depth doesn't really allow us to do that. But we have, we have got the chance this year to have a right go, right, of, of, of and, getting that squad yeah. correct. Because and the manager we've got that training time. In, right, in it's a very good. It's a very good point. We need to, you know, we need the, the the team, the players, and the manager. I think need to step up and make and, and be this good and make these decisions. You know, week in, week out. Like I'm fascinated. You know, for me, it's like a no-brainer. He's got to keep the same. Right? He's, 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 he's found this team. Right? I mean, I've been saying, you know, he should try 4-3-3. And, you know, he kind of tried it a bit. He did 4-1-4-1 kind of last weekend. Um, incorporated all our kind of front players, including Pepe, who was obviously, he was the main person to want to miss out in the team lineup. But th- it worked, didn't it? Right? So it totally worked. We had a very strong double pivots, they call it these days, in midfield with Party and Shaka. We had a very, we have this defence, which is clearly, at least we know we've got a first choice defence. Tony Adams said it on Sky yesterday. This could be, you know, he said it could be like a foundation of a defence for years and years and years, like his classic one, you know, back in the George Graham days. And then having the creative, the three creative players, Saka, Odegaard, Smith, Rowe, behind or Batman, it just worked, right? For me, if he tinkers with this, Arteta for the Brighton game. I'm immediately going to be like, why are you tinkering with something that, you know, it's like a no brainer, isn't it? To just do the same thing again, go again, especially where there's no, there's no midweek game, you know? Just, so I'm already like anticipating, is he, is he really going to keep, the, keep an unchanged thing? Cause he so very, very rarely does it. And why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just do the, on, the obvious thing in this particular situation? I'm hoping he does. Josh. Well, you, you only have to look back to that Man City game, which obviously felt like a, an incredibly low, moment what's changed is effectively the well on that day it was a sort of back five and, and obviously the goalkeeper I mean the, the turnover here is remarkable when you look at it Burn Leno Ramsdale you know gone we had Cedric Suarez playing that day Callum Chambers Rob Holding Kalazinac and then Tierney I mean of that six five have changed in the space of, of three weeks and I think we knew it then, and we certainly know it now. The back four that played yesterday are the undoubted first choice. We knew that Gabriel and Ben White were going to be the two centre-backs that were, were going to be everyone wanted to see. Tierney, we all love. And, you know, out of nowhere, we we brought in Tommy Asu, who, you know, no longer had to be a problem of, is it Callum Chambers? Is it Maitland-Niles? Is it Bellerin? We've now got someone who, I don't know if there's a player who's got, after just three games, you can foresee a kind of cult hero opportunity there with the way that he's just thrown himself into these opening games. So, Tommy you know, Yasu is it's amazing. Is but what we should say yeah. is you had Saka, Odegaard, Zaka yeah. Smith throwing a Bamiang at City. So, that half of the pitch, he's obviously, you know, felt comfortable with, but, you know, huge change at the back. Um, let's talk more. Which, I mean, there's so much to discuss. We'll, we'll, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back after this. And we're back from the break. I mean, 
you mentioned Tommy Yassi there. I think, first of all, why wasn't he in? The, in did, he, did he take that photo, do you think, of everyone? Because he wasn't in it. He was the only one not in that photo of like the entire staff, playing staff, um, uh, coach, manager, etc. I couldn't find him in that picture. So I'm wondering whether he actually took it. Who knows? Um, Maybe. I doubt he, he took it. Maybe he was doing a, a wee for the drugs testing or something like could that. Could have been doing having a wee. Could have been having a wee, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's say he was having a wee. But what a brilliant um, arrival he has had. Um, Jeff, like I cannot, you know, it, it's the position that's been a problem position for a long time. He just looks so solid and enthusiastic, and when he get when he when he attacks, he looks great. He doesn't attack that much. Tony Amos was going on about in, in on Sky about how you know he's been saying for years that he wants Arsenal fullback should just stay stick stay back stay back, don't advance too much. I mean, Tierney did did have some classic Tierney attacks yesterday, but Tommy Yasu, absolute revelation. Possible, you know, apart from the fact that Mill Smith Rowe. Um, deserve man of the match and I love him to death and everything but Tommy Asu couldn't have been far behind could he have been man of the match great great enthusiasm from the lad and great you know he looks like he can he'll play how you want him to play you know and if you as an opponent if you want to go rough with him he'll mix it you know he doesn't look like he's scared about anything um uh, but I am a little bit mindful. We, I've said this about players before when they've came in and they've looked yeah. good for the two or three, four games, the honeymoon period, and then they, they fall away a little bit when they, they, they realise the might or the the, the, the difficulty of playing at such a – the pressure – uh, at such a big club um, but no he does look I mean there was a couple of times where uh, they had them chances and the, goal, the, the goalkeepers parried it out he was in a position where he yeah. got to the ball yeah. first where they should be yeah twice in the past yeah. we've had Suarez and even Bellerin many many times and even on the other side uh, we've lost big big vital games because um, fullbacks they don't tuck in. They go to sleep. They're still caught up the pitch, you know? Yeah. So, and, and he looks very athletic. He looks big, tall, strong. And he's got that, he's got that uh, great thing for us. Once the, they, they sling uh, long balls in, he's got great height. So, Which they were did. doing, they were doing right at the there. start, yeah. Um, and the other revelation for me, um, Josh, is Ramsdale. We, we talked last week, you had this, this, there was this preposterous story from someone saying that he was going to, he was going to be dropped and that Leno would come back in. I mean, thank fuck he didn't because he's so much more. And I've already said this in a couple of times. He, oh, come on. He's, he's just got everything that Len, and Leno's fine. Leno's perfectly good keeper, but Ramsdale brings so much more, doesn't he, to the role? I mean, just as a personality, as a, as a, some of his passing. I thought it was extraordinary, like the long, ambitious passes into midfield um, yesterday. Absolutely brilliant. And just he's just got an aura about him of charisma, authority. He's telling the defenders what to do. He's loving it. He's loving every minute of it. I just think he's just a massive, massive breath of fresh air um, in every way. And he's not good. I mean, this is it now. He's, he is in that role. He's, I mean, unless he gets injured, there's no way that Leno's getting back into this team. Well, I, I think you're right. It was Mr. Falk, weren't we, uh, yeah. referring to last week, the German journalist who had suggested that Bern Leno was on a pre-agreed two-league game uh, trip to the bench but was going to come back in for the North London derby. But after the way Ramsdale had played, it, it was going to be a huge surprise. So I still must admit, I wasn't entirely sure. That story had made me think that it, it, might, be, it might be a possibility. Look, he's... Um, He's done well. I mean, there's no argument he should have saved 
the, the goal. And I, and I think he sort of spoke in his post-match interview in a lovely moment they shared with, with David Seaman that he felt he, he should have done. But I think the fact that, you know, not long after he made a, a, an incredible tip onto the bar, you know, probably makes up for that fairly quickly. So yeah, he, he is the number one now, isn't he? And, the, and that's not going to change. There was a funny moment in that interview with, um, with David Seaman on, on sort of Sky Sports where sort of reporter asked if sort of, you know, growing up watching, watching David Seaman had been something that, you know, he had inspired him and, and whatnot. And uh, I think almost you forget how long ago David Seaman retired and how young Ramsdale is. I mean, Ram- Ramsdale is, 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 um, is 23, which means he was born in 1998. I mean, Seaman left in 2003, so he's five. So unless Ramsdale was, uh, was home and away age three and four, he, he can be forgiven for, mm. for not remembering. But, He's also hugely popular, and you'd think now he is definitely going to find himself in the England squads. I think he, he's doing enough to to do to do that. And who knows? I think the ambition with so many of the players we bought has to be: Are they full internationals? Let's say in two years' time, is Ben White an England centre back in in two years' time? Is Ramsdale the England goalie in a couple of? years time is Lukonga part of a Belgian midfield in a couple of years time, having just gone into the international setup, you know, even on our side, Smith Rowe hasn't yet made that stage. So if the answer to all these questions is, is yes. And they become that, then we are in for an exciting couple of seasons in a, in a few years time. And we have to hope that I think it's exciting this year. The expectations yeah. have, have probably risen now suddenly after three games, it no longer is, are we thinking seventh, eighth? That, you know, we have to be looking to get back in Europe and probably fifth, people sixth. believe in it. Fifth, sixth at least. Um, by the way, it wasn't on Sky. It was on the Premier League channel that they did that interview. on uh, Premier League Productions, yes. Premier League Productions, just to be pedantic, who also had the brilliant Ian Wright, Glenn Hoddle, split screen watching the game with Glenn looking, you know, increasingly depressed and miserable and Wrighty obviously being Wrighty being brilliant. We had that. We also had obviously Thierry Henry in the crowd, Jeff, with the Eck, the, what's his name, Eck? The yeah, multi- Daniel Eck. Daniel Eck. The multi been his son that was adorable wasn't it? every single there was so many kind of like it was like a dream day in every way just all those elements coming together sorry josh we're gonna say well the, the celebration i mean having Henri in the stadium and yeah. the celebration from a replicating yeah. it that was yeah that was really beautiful i, I really think darren dean darren dean was in the same box wasn't he Oh, uh, was he? Interesting. Apparently, Interesting. Yeah, so I heard. So yeah. I don't know. They might they might be trying to bring the old the old bulb band back together. Can you I don't imagine? Know. Can you imagine? Oh my god! That would but be... going back to Ramsdale, he's uh, yeah. he's really integrated himself well, isn't he? You know, uh, and he, he's he's he looks like he's going to be maybe a cult figure as well in the oh, making. Yeah. You know, yeah. the way he, he's 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 very infectious, uh, but but his play on the pitch, he seems much calmer when he's on the ball yeah. I'm, I'm not so worried any longer right uh, when the ball goes back uh, towards the goalkeeper like it used to go back to Leno I'd be dreading it because yeah. like he's his you know his thought process doesn't seem to work out right he doesn't he doesn't choose the right option sometimes some of them defenders when they go and show uh, into a position where, you know, okay, they're looking like they want the ball. Sometimes they don't really want the ball, right? And Ramsdale did that yesterday. He, he knew exactly when he could pass it short and when he could pass it long. You see him sometimes, he was just kicking it long, wasn't he? Yeah. And, you know, but yeah. that, was, that was very accurate, right? Yeah, so he mixes good. it up, yeah, it's true. You yeah. know, and yeah. he shot distribution. pretty good. And, yeah. and he, like I say, he's infectious, and if it, if it carries on. But to be fair, 
he has got better players in front of him at the moment. I mean, you, you're talking about we had uh, Mustafi and, and yeah. Uh, he had some terrible, terrible centre backs in front of him, Blano, didn't he? But you know his whole his whole demeanour, Ramsdale, uh, has set out much, much better than than Leno. Yeah, and Zaka, just you know, thinking of all the the, the pluses, we've, I think we've been saying a lot of people have been saying recently that Zaka, since coming back from the Euros, you know, has not been his usual self. I think he looked back to his usual self yesterday, didn't he? I mean, I think you know, apart from the goal, he made the other goal and just everything, just just as, as energetic and as kind of. Just everything. As soon as he gets the ball, it, it, the Tottenham, Tottenham midfield and defence was terrifying. Yeah, his touch was exceptional yesterday. The way he was sort of bringing down several long passes with the, you know, the tip of his foot and instant control. Yeah, it, it was hugely exciting. And you also looked at our bench yesterday and went, okay, we, we've got options here. If we need them, you know, when walking into the ground and looking at that lineup and to think. There is something interesting about the Smith Rowe and Saka, the two academy kids, keeping a £72 million signing on the bench and no one questioning that really right now on, on, on current form, that Lacazette has been hugely limited in, in game time, really. I think, you know, the, the odd cameo and obviously playing in the in the League Cup, which we, we should mention as well. And then you've got Martinelli, um, you know, attacking-wise. Not to mention that, you know, Lokonga has, has made an impressive start. That Maitland-Niles, you know, has his own opportunity. You know, Leno, of course. There's just actually 18, 19 of them where you look now and go, OK, you know, there's a, there's a bit of depth here. Look, we're very fortunate and there's not been enough occasions in the last however many years, decade, going back further, when there has been a completely, you know, injury-free squad and, yeah, long long may that continue. But yeah, what do you Jeff's feel now, right. boys? What's your expectation now for the season? Does it feel like it's changed on the on the back of of this three um, run, win run? Not massively. I mean, I think I, I always thought we'd get in the top, you know, in the top seven. I think that's you know that's a no brainer. I think the question is for me is I still don't know. Right. So this mass, the massive positive, and that was underlined by. No, by yesterday and, and, and just the fact that we've got this team now. We've got a team. He knows pretty much what his best team is. He certainly knows what his best defence is. He definitely knows, you know, that this setup can be brilliantly effective and we can play as good a football as we all dream we could do, right? So these are the positives. And we've got this group of young players, Tierney, Tomiyasu, Saka, Smith Rowe, Odegaard is very young. All, these are all early twenty players in their early twenties. They were all at Ramsdale. They are not going to let us down. I don't think in the long term. They may have bad games. They may have, they may lose form. But I think the most exciting thing is we've got a core of really dynamic, brilliantly talented, and lovable young players who we can get behind. Almost whether we finish seventh or fifth, I don't think we get in the top four. You know, that's that's almost like the detail, isn't it? In a way, it's like for me, it's like. Uh, it just be realistic that we can't get in the top four. It would be extraordinary if we did, but I fully expect us to come fifth, sixth or seventh. I really do. And I think it's like the, the difference between fifth and seventh is, is pretty good in terms of Europe and, you know, all that. And that's significant. But I, th- I wonder whether, you know, in about 18 months to two years time, when we probably, you know, had a couple of seasons when we're in fifth, sixth, seventh, <laughs> sixth or seventh, whether, you know, the club goes, look, maybe we can be a bit more ambitious with these, these fantastic young players we've got, and maybe we get an elite coach in. I still think that. I still think, I don't know. I just don't know whether Arteta is the man who can take us to a next to the next level. Jeff, Jeff, what do you think? Joff, Jeff? 
Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously, the, the jury's still out, isn't it? I, I do think there's a good coach in him. Um, I, I, I have questioned, I think there's a bigger question mark over his man management. He's had a yeah. lot of fights in the time right. that he's been here. Yeah. Um, and that sometimes upsets. I mean, all those players that he's upset have close friends that are inside the bubble that he likes, right? And then that starts, it starts a little bit of infighting, you understand me? Um, problem is, or, or the, the thing is, he's moved all those out now. Uh, and he, he's now, he has got all his players. They're all his players, really. Uh, so, and he's got, and like I said, alluded to earlier on, he's got five days. He's got five days on the training pitch, yeah. which makes a great big difference. And being out of Europe this year, might have really, really gone in our favour. Let's hope that he, he, he takes that, right? Because like you say, he's learning on the job as well. Mm. You know, he's a, he's a football manager now. He's not just a football coach behind one of the best managers that's ever 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 coached in the game. Uh, so he's still got it all to do. It's a great, it's so much pressure at Arsenal football. You, you can imagine the pressure he's been under over the last few weeks. Well, you could feel it, some of the things that he said. And I think he's been quite very good with the PR lately. You know, he's bringing the, you know, the fans into it. Um, so I'm, I'm just hoping, I'm, I'm just hoping he can get it right. Because uh, I do see a good coach in him. I can see, I can, yeah. I can see, I mean, you can, surely, I mean, Wenger, uh, the two or three coaches he's been under, they all say the same thing, that he's a good coach. So please God. Um, he'll, he'll, I think you're right. I think you're right though. Yeah, I think, that, I think it's man management. I think, I think man management and decision making, um, offer me his big issues, you know, and I don't mean, I mean, like, in terms of, you know, team selection and how he sets them up and how he, you know, it was funny yesterday, I thought it was a very revealing moment where, because people like me and Alan Alger and others have been going on quite a lot when we when we when we see him on the touchline being so active and so involved and wanting to tell the players you know literally where to run where to stand where to move to it's like it, it, it's been almost absurd the extent to which he's coaching them live during the game well do you, I, I was very interested I think it was on match of the day too where um wasn't it where one of the one of the pundits compared him to how how pathetically non-involved um Nuno yeah, was yeah, the yeah. Spurs the Spurs manager was saying how good it was Arteta was so so active and involved so it, all these things it depends which way if we win if you if you put in a performance like that then his then his way of of, of dealing with the players live and telling them what to do well it's brilliant yeah of course it's yeah. the all the other times when we've been a bit shit and he's been doing it that yeah. it kind of so you know I don't know my 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 doubts about him though I think this is the, I think what's happened since the game yesterday in all kinds of ways, the team selection, the tactics, the fact that this is, could be the way forward long term, um, it just makes me feel so much happier knowing that. Because I almost think even if Arteta does still still proves to have issues with his man management and his decision making, I think we've got a good enough bunch and he is good enough you know, with them and he's going on with them now. And there's a unity that does feel like that, as you say, Jeff, getting rid of those, those people he had issues with that. I don't feel we're going to go into a spiral, you know, of descending spiral of shitness like we did last season, you know, and at the beginning of this season, we're very unlucky with all the injuries, you know, COVID, all the, all the issues we had, we couldn't, yeah. couldn't get the players weren't fit. So now I just feel now like we have to, without not getting carried away in terms, I don't think we're suddenly going to get in the top four, as I've said, but it's enough for me that we play attractive football like we did yesterday today that we've got this core of great young players that we could we, we, we could aspire to fifth you know for me that's enough for the moment i'm happy with that 
Yeah, I, I remember uh, when when Pep went to Man City and he changed it around, and it took him it took him about eighteen months before. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. And and I would see I'd see when they bought the first goalkeeper and they were they were playing it out of the back and it was a nightmare. They was absolutely rubbish and I was making mistakes exactly the same way as Arsenal were doing. And I'd see him on the sideline and I'd be and he'd be pointing and, and remonstrating and, and, and I think, mate, you know, the same I've said the same about Arteta. Uh Shut up, let them play. You've got to trust these players. They're all quality players, right? They wouldn't be playing for a team like Arsenal Football Club if they wasn't, they didn't have the ability, you know? Um, so just just let them play. But now I understand. He's out there. He is, he's showing them what he wants and he wants them to understand. But I think yesterday it showed that they are capable of doing it. Yeah. And, and hopefully yeah. we can we can move on now. We can get that every single yeah. week. And uh, I mean... Cool. Yeah, the Brighton game. It's like for me, it's like the Brighton game is now so crucial because that's the test of can we keep this up? You know, can we? You know, is he going to go crazy and with the crazy team selection? Is he just going to be? You know, stick to the common sense thing of picking the same team base as I as I said earlier. You know, will the players have the same level of intensity at Brighton away as they did in the North London derby at home? And I think it's I think it's more how Brighton are. Brighton are well, I mean, yeah, they're good. Beat, I mean, they, they could be top tonight. Yeah, they got yeah, beat yesterday, but they are a good. They're a really, really good functioning team, aren't they? Under under Potter, and really they're, good, yeah. they're much better than Tottenham. I do not expect the same game as what I saw yesterday. I know, I know, but he, of course not. No, I mean, no, it's a no good one's test. Gonna, yeah, it's a good test, but no one's going to be as shit as Tottenham. But um, it's at how we play, how we approach it, I think is going to be... You'll know. We'll know. You know, of course, Brighton are, Brighton are on a high at the moment. Absolutely. They're having a great season. Um, but I think we'll know how we approach it if if that Spurs game was a, was a flush in the pan, basically. That's, and I don't, think it, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Let's... Let's kind of wind up with before we go to predictions. With it was such there were so many great elements of yesterday, weren't there? What I want to know what your favourite single thing about that result, the performance, the day, whatever was, Josh. Well, you've put us on the spot here, boy. What was a favourite yeah. thing about yesterday? Well, there is a there's an awful lot to choose from. Uh, look, I, I think it's it's really. Boring, isn't it? But there's that nice new song that people have been singing about Saka and Emil Smith Rowe, which is the same tune as the uh, the music that Leighton Orient run out to, um, actually, which is a, a, a lovely song. And then for those that haven't heard it, Google it or, or put it on YouTube. Sing it, Josh. No, I won't sing it. I won't sing it. Uh, not at this time of the morning as we record. My, my vocals are not fully prepared for that. Okay. But to see the two of them, you know, like almost like looking at each other in like not quite a lovingly way, but as they're sliding on their knees, going away to the corner to celebrate with the fans. That's love. Maybe it is love. And then to see their comments after the match where they're referring to this almost being as the, the best day of their lives and that they'd spoken the day before about how good it would be to score as part of a, an Arsenal victory in this game. You're looking at them and going, I can get behind these two. And I can therefore get behind this team that there's there's kind of two, and it sounds very cliche, that kind of represent the crowd. And much as football has become this million pound industry where we've got a bloke for 70 million on our bench and we've, you know, I paid 90 quid for my ticket yesterday, that you're still sitting there looking and go, well, there's two kids here who are, this is everything to them. And that they've fought for it from being in an Arsenal shirt from the age of 10 at Hale End. That's probably the nice moment, isn't it? How, how do you beat that? How do you beat two of them being two of your front three, 
They're both on the score sheet. And you've got a world-class striker between them who you start thinking, well, if he can get back to his best, then, you know, we could be in for an exciting season. So that was my moment. Mm. Jeff? Uh, well, yeah, I, I enjoyed the set. I think it was the second goal. The second goal when we, we turned the ball over. Um, I think I think Chaka played it out to maybe Tierney. Tierney banged it in straight through the lines to Aubameyang. He's, he's, he's just slipped it off around the corner to uh, uh, Smith Rowe, wasn't it? He's gone charging down the line and uh, brilliant play, brilliant ball back from Emil Smith Rowe where he's cut it back and the finish was sublime. And that moment there was that is how we should play. That's how we should, that's how we're going to cut teams. Um, Counter-attacking, yeah. But I mean, that, know, that's it. That's, that's yeah, what Gary Neville said doing. it was the perfect you know? counter-attack, yeah. With a, yeah. a high-press team, there is sometimes, yeah. you can see the ball's being whipped in straight straight down the middle sometimes, and it takes three, four players at that high-press that other teams, that is how you've got to play. And the forwards were in the right positions, and there was it was just all went together, and it was brilliant. And, and the second goal, it gave us a little cushion then, and I thought, okay, right. Yeah. You know, they're, they're surely not, they're not going to score three and beat us. You know, it's going to be really, really tough. But that that was that was my moment. Yeah, that goal was was fabulous, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mine is pretty much. I mean, mine is just is Emil Smith Rowe saying it was the best day of his life. That that post match interview with him and Aubameyang um, together when he when he said that and it, just a smile on his face, um, I thought was fantastic. He said his family was there because he's the one. I, I, I I'm never going to stop saying he's the one who's turned things around. Really, he's the player even more than Saka, you know, because he came in when we you know when we desperately needed something, anything, when we were in that horrendous period last season. And he transformed our play with his positivity and his running and all of that. And he had a brilliant game yesterday. He was absolutely phenomenal. And just hearing everyone go on about how brilliant he was. And then for him to say his best day of his life, I thought that was, you could not beat that for me. I love him. Yeah, I mean, that was still yesterday, I think, his 28th, 29th Premier League game. Yeah, for it's incredible. I mean, incredible. it was so, such a small number, um, really, when you when you think about it. And, um, yeah, yeah, exciting uh, season ahead. And, and, look, hopefully they uh, they can keep up this uh, this level of performance. Uh, with, with Brighton, though, I mean, obviously this is a, a tough fixture. It'll be fascinating what they can do against... Uh, Palace, who they have this uh, rivalry with, um, who they play tonight, and then uh, and then we go down there on on Saturday. Boy, do you know you, you haven't done an away trip in a obviously no one's no. done. We were talking about while. yeah, we were talking about. What that. are you thinking? When's your next one? Uh, me we and Dan United. Well, I I mooted Man United to go with with Derma and Dan, but I think we we felt that it was such a legendary trip last time with the with the uh, red wine fueled uh, podcast on the way back. So I don't know. We're thinking about it. Yeah, we haven't decided yet fully. Are you going to right. Brighton? I'm not going to Brighton. No, but I uh, I've, I've committed Jeff to is. Jeff's going. Jeff will be there. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I I I just didn't quite sort out things in time to be able to go, but I've. I've Agreed with Alex Brooker. We're going up to the Leicester on the, oh, uh, nice. on the 30th of October. If you want to join us, boys, you're, you're okay. incredibly welcome. We're sorting oh, out tickets tomorrow. Okay. Jeff, you're going Brighton then. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we'll be going. My wife and I will be going to Brighton. Yeah, been invited by a, a good friend of ours. Nice uh, to, to to a box. So um, oh, yeah, you're turning. So, you're, you're like Boyd, aren't you? I'm the only one that sits really, with the with the real really, people really downstairs. Looking, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. What's what's your prediction? Let's let's do it. Let's go for it. What's going to happen in that game, Jeff? Mm, I, I just think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go a two-one win. 
plucky two one win. Great, good. Josh, I'll back Jeff there. Two 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 one win. Hopefully to the Arsenal. Which then you start getting excited. I think we've got two home fixtures after that against uh, Palace and Villa. And you start to wonder where, what the table might mm. look like. But look, even if we drew at Brighton, that, it, that's okay. I think that, that's okay. And, you know, you pick up another point and then try and sort of capitalise on, on the upcoming home games because then we have got a slightly harder run of, you know, Leicester away on the horizon, Liverpool away. So, yeah. But I will edge it. 2 1 Arsenal, boys. Uh, well, I was going to say that, so I've got to say something different. So I'll say, um, I'll say one nil. I'll say we'll squeeze it, squeak in a, a one nil victory. Um, well, it's been a joy. I think we've uh, expressed our full um, happiness and gratitude, and uh, it's been brilliant. Yeah? Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, it was, it was it was amazing, wasn't it? It was absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, definitely, Jeff. Great to have you back. Thank you for for joining us and. Uh, Boyd will be uh, recording, I guess, next uh, next Monday. Yep. See you then. Cheers. Bye. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Live from the Sky Sports Studios. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.